You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This football season is pretty different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you've been watching this season. Whether your team is on a Super Bowl run or you're just watching to see what draft pick they get, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. I am Luke Braun. I'm from Locked On Vikings here with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. We are your Tuesday hosts here. We're going to talk, of course, about the Rams taking down the Buccaneers on Monday night football in a, a battle of wits between Sean McVay and Tom Brady and Todd, Todd Bowles and a lot of really well-regarded football minds on the field came down to just a field goal difference in that one. We're also going to talk about some underrated players, some players that we think need a little bit of shine on them. Some guys in the trenches, some guys in the secondary that maybe don't get the headlines that they deserve for how well they're playing. And then of course we have our Tuesday fantasy forum. We'll talk about all the fallout from the Joe Burrow injury and a live reaction to the news that Taysom Hill cannot be in your tight end slot anymore, which broke exactly as we were recording, which is fun. And Ross, let's, let's, Let's start out with this Monday night game. Uh, Rams beat the Bucks 27 to 24 is the final in a game with a, a really weird, like ton of volume in it. Uh, yeah. What are your takeaways? So uh, just to, to start off with a little bit of a recap here. I mean, this game looked like it was shaping up to be very exciting in the first half. You got eight drives in the first half, four touchdowns, sort of trading touchdowns in the first and second quarters, uh, including an incredible touchdown by Mike Evans, who just wrestled his way into the end zone that was insane yeah he and aj brown just putting on clinics as here's how to be a big wide receiver in the nfl uh so they traded off a couple of touchdowns tied at a 14 14 and you get the field goal at the end of the uh the first half with a nice one minute drive by the uh by the los angeles rams including a kind of questionable big uh, 35 yard tunnel screen and they had to run downfield and you know, they pick up 35 yards and they have to get down there and spike the ball in time. They did it with one second left on the clock. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half, everything just started to fall apart for both these teams at different points and at different <laughs> ways. Uh, you know, every inter- all the interceptions thrown in the second half, all four of these interceptions, two for each quarterback. But you also saw a couple of touchdowns go back and forth. And then eventually the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to tie this one back up 24-24 late in the second half with just three minutes, 24 seconds left in the game. But the uh, Los Angeles Rams, they would drive back down the field to kick a field goal, go ahead and get, and this is of course with Matt Gay, a guy that they just picked up off the, you know, on, added onto the active roster a couple of days Revenge ago. Game. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer kicks the field, whether it would end up being the go ahead because the game is sealed on Tom Brady's second interception, throws an interception, overthrowing a pass or something. Uh, and Jordan Fuller gets his second interception of the day. And of course, Jordan Fuller and Tom Brady, both selection number 199 overall in their respective drafts. So that's pretty interesting. Just a couple of day three guys gritting their way. <laughs> that's right. Just getting it done. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it was a, it was a pretty exciting game, but with some of the, uh, with some of the insights that you have coming into this one, because it, 
it was certainly an impressionable one to watch. Yeah. So I, I guess we just, we have to keep talking about Tom Brady and, and mm-hmm. the, the season that Tom Brady has had. And of course, I think we've kind of been exposed to some of his worst games as the guys breaking down Monday night football every week. Right. Um, and, and I mean, you've watched of course, also both the saints, uh, saints bucks games, which are like really two of his worst, but you know, these are I enjoyed um, every second of it. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Um, so really, I think we've been most exposed. We've most covered the worst of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- what I found really interesting is that, you know, he's had better games in this season, but of his worst game, this is a tweet that comes from uh, Matt Bowen, who is mm. part of the NFL matchup on ESPN series. Great stuff. Uh, and he says like the, some of the worst games that he had uh, against Chicago, the Giants, Saints, this one against the Rams front four pressure with some extra tricks and stunts and little bag of tricks stuff, but not you're not blitzing, right? You're just sending four and trying to get pressure with four and split safety coverage in the secondaries. That means like cover two Mm -hmm. or, or cover four, and then like some more complexities underneath. And what that does is it makes it harder for the bucks to get one-on-ones with, you know, Mike Evans one-on-one against a corner. They want that all day and it kind of denies them that. And it also allows you with some kind of trickery, like that last interception came on something called a a robber coverage where you have Mm -hmm. the two safeties, imagine cover two, they're like way back deep. And one goes deep and is basically responsible for the entire deep half of the field. And the other one, in this case, it was Jordan Fuller, is trying to read the play and jump something and go get an interception. And in this case, he does that. That's kind of the whole point of the coverage and that kind of thing has really been making Brady struggle. And that kind of makes sense. If you have Mm -hmm. an aging quarterback who doesn't have the arm strength, but isn't used to not having the arm strength, then he's going to try throws. The the kinds of throws that beat cover two are kind of difficult throws. They're quick outs. you got to fire that thing in there or else somebody's going to jump it and house it, which has happened to Brady. If it's a, you know, a corner route that, that cover two is really difficult for those safeties to cover like a good corner route, but that's a difficult throw to make. That takes a lot of touch. It takes a lot of power. And if you don't have the arm strength anymore, you can't uh, pull those those throws off. Right. And I don't know if the Bucks have still haven't quite figured out that they can't pull those throws off and they have to find different ways to, to beat cover too. Uh, but I, I found that to be a really, really interesting nugget that can kind of explain why Brady seems to fall apart in some games and then plays really, you know, kicks the crap out of Green Bay and then dies against the Giants. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you look at it, this was the, you know, throwing these two interceptions this game is this ninth interception so far this season through 11 games. That's the most in his career through 11 games since 2011, where he ended up throwing 12 interceptions in that season. He's only three away here at this point. You have to imagine that people are going to try to replicate this coverage and force Mm -hmm. him to make throws that he doesn't want to make. And really, I mean, if you're able to take away the short an intermediate portion with this coverage in the middle with whatever you're doing underneath those, those split safeties, you're going to end up forcing him to throw the ball deep. And obviously he doesn't want to do that. Yeah. And, and all this said, you know, Tampa is still well in the thick of the NFC playoff race. They're still going to be in the postseason, totally going to be okay. But I do think that there's that, that coaching error on offense. And then they also kind of got schemed out on defense mm-hmm. with what Jared Goff was able to do. Yeah. Todd Bowles, uh, heavy blitzer loves to blitz. We've always known this about him. He did it again Those in this game. Happy in the league, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he got forty-two point three percent blitz percentage, <sighs> which is top in the NFL. Uh, Jared Goff was thirty-nine of fifty-one for three seventy-six, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. And you kind of wonder, like, oh my goodness, like he completed thirty-nine passes on fifty-one yeah. attempts, right? That's tough. But when you look at the fact that his intended air yardage, according to Next Gen Stats, was four point nine air yards mm-hmm. per attempt and only 13.7 aggressive percentage as well. So he only had to throw. So he wasn't throwing that often 
in terms of making throws that had a tight window or a defender within one that's yard what aggressive of the percent, percentage means, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's all the credit in the world to Sean McVay, who's mm-hmm. continuing to handhold his quarterback that he got first overall in the draft, <laughs> um, to be fair, inherited, but still, yeah. um, you know, still, still kind of handholding this quarterback. And I think that the, the handholding strategies play really, really well into what the Bucks do. Todd mm-hmm. Bowles, he loves to blitz. He loves to send a lot of guys. The thing about blitzes is that they kind of lose to a slant because if you're going to blitz, you're kind of leaving a guy one-on-one on the outside with like Robert Woods, Robert Woods runs a slant. And that's a really hard thing for a corner to do without any help to the inside. You can't pass anything off. You can't, you know, you, you just have to kind of win on a slant and that puts you behind the eight ball a little bit. Same thing with like a tunnel screen, like what happened at the end of the half or really any mm-hmm. kind of these bubble screens or whatever. These these really quick throws that don't require Jared Goff to process anything. They don't require him to make an accurate throw or anything. Just deliver the ball to your playmakers and let him go make plays. So I, I think what we really see in this game is a contrast between a team that asked its best players to be good and a team that asked its worst players to be good. And I think that's uh, I, I think that was the difference here. And the difference wasn't large. It was only three three points. And if these two teams meet again in January, which is totally a possibility, you know, we could see a, a, the, the, a different result. But in this particular game, I think that the, the win and loss is squarely on the shoulders of, of their respective coaches. Yeah, absolutely. And so hopefully we'll get to see something uh, akin to that later on as we get to the playoffs and as we get through here, but that wraps up week 11 with the Monday night football matchup there. Once again, the Los Angeles Rams winning that game 27 to 24 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so now uh, Nick coming up next year in just a moment on locked on NFL, we're going to jump into our look at some of the players that we believe are a little bit underappreciated that deserve a little bit more shine. So we'll go into those. And of course we joined by Kate Majuk as well from locked on dynasty football to help get you ready for your week of fantasy football coming up with week 12 we got that coming for you next here on locked on nfl part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and before we get to those players we feel need a little bit more shine we'll let you know today's episode is brought to you by axon by taser look whenever you're traveling away from home especially right now with the holidays coming up it's important to make sure that you keep your family safe and you need a plan for that safety for you and your family and taser gives you the tools that you need to protect yourself and do so safely. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough for you to carry around with you in your glove compartment or in your purse, yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate any kind of attacker, particularly if you're doing anything in the outdoors as well. This is just a great tool to have along with you. And there's two specific ones that I want to tell you about. There's the Taser Pulse Plus, which actually fires projectiles up to 15 feet away and can incapacitate and immobilize an attacker for up to 30 seconds. And there's also the Strike Light, which is a flashlight that essentially doubles as a stun gun as well. And the great thing about the Taser Pulse Plus is that if you ever have to use the product at all and you leave it at the scene, You can actually take advantage of Taser's safe escape guarantee to where if you provide the police report of everything that went down, they'll send you a brand new Taser at no cost to yourself. It's a really cool thing. Again, protecting yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart 
self-defense products, including a GPS in there as well, that will alert authorities whenever you've discharged the weapon so that they can get to the scene and help you out. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states, but see the website for further details on that. You can get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with the promo code NFL. Save 15% now at taser.com using the promo code NFL, spelled T-A-S-E-R.com, promo code NFL, restrictions apply see site for details all right ross let's talk a little bit about some guys who are we'll go with underappreciated guys that could use a little bit more shine on them right i like it i'm looking forward to it yeah i like, I like talking about these guys that uh, you know need a little bit of uh extra attention they're not the quarterbacks they're not the guy these, these guys right. are kind of doing their work under the under the radar and we want to shout them out so yeah. uh, why don't you kick us off Yeah, no, I love this. All right. So my first guy I'm going to give a shout out to is going to be New England Patriots defensive back, specifically corner JC Jackson, Uh, six foot one, 198 out of Maryland. He's a Terrapin, which is my third favorite reptile to be just to be really frank about that. Um, But he's got that four, four, like four, four, late four, four speed. Uh, And right now he's leading the league in interceptions with six interceptions. He's got 11 total passes defense, including five pass breakups. In addition to those six interceptions, he's allowing an NFL pass. Passer rating when targeted of 62.7, which out of uh, the guys across the NFL that have played 250 or more coverage snaps, he's eighth in the NFL, despite getting targeted amongst one of the highest rates in the NFL at the same time. So this is somebody that has been outstanding for New England over on the back end. He had uh, an interception in several uh, straight games, one, two, three, four, five straight games. Uh, uh, this season, this last game uh, being the one that broke that streak for him, but he has been absolutely outstanding. And somebody that I don't think has gotten enough shine. So I'm going to, I'm going to focus a light on him real quick and then give him a little bit of a highlight here because he has played out of his mind so far in that new England Patriots backfield, you know, fresh coat of wax, a little polish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get, get a little <laughs> bit, get a little bit of shine on him real quick. Get him like me with the dome up here. You know? <laughs> it's a visual joke, but you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, great for the audio. All right, uh, I'm gonna go. All right, so you, you got you got the 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 little quick cornerback. I'm going the complete opposite way. I want to go to the trenches. I want to go to the beef. Yeah, the big uglies. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving. Let's get some meat on the table. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about Garrett Bowles because I think when most people, unless you're really plugged into the Broncos this year, and you hear mm-hmm. Garrett Bowles, you're gonna be oh, that guy that gets penalties all the time, and they hate him for it, right? He got all those holding penalties in the last couple of years. He was like really, really famous for it, and it was her- t- terrible. And by the way, you probably think oh, f- total first round bust, right? Well, he has figured it out. Mm-hmm. He has played 437 pass blocking snaps and given up nine pressures. That is insane. There are tackles who have given up nine pressures in a single game this year. He's given up. None of them have turned into sacks either, which I do think is somewhat meaningful. And he's totally uh, he's he's had the he's gotten the, the penalties under control, uh, only six penalties this year, which is still probably more than you would like, but is no longer like a thing he should be famous for. Garrett Bowles has figured it out, and that's a huge thing for Denver getting that left tackle squared away and getting or finally getting some return on that first round pick. Uh, I, I think it's really worth kind of readjusting our perceptions of what Garrett Bowles is. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I like that a lot. I think that he's somebody that like, I think that we don't give offensive linemen enough shine to begin with. And this, oh, yeah. this, this feels like the perfect week to do it. It's just like the perfect week to do it. Uh, I'm all about that. I'm going to actually, I'm going to actually run with you here. I'm going to do a little bit, go back to the, uh, the trenches here, but I'm going to the opposite side over on the defensive side. I'm going to bring up Pittsburgh Steelers defensive tackle, Stefan to He has been out. Oh. 
outstanding so far this year. When you talk about defensive linemen on the defensive interior, the first name that comes to mind is always going to be, of course, Aaron Donald, right? Aaron Donald, sure. 56 pressures on the season that leads the NFL. You know who's in second place? Stephon Tuitt with 48. He's also got seven sacks on the season in the defensive interior. That's insane for an interior defensive lineman. He's also got seven yeah, tackles a for a loss. Yeah, he's also got seven tackles for a loss. And talk about disruption, 18 quarterback hits as well as two forced fumbles. So the guy has been very busy so far this season. And it's not just about the sacks. It's about what he's also doing in the run game as well, making some nice stops there. And then just leading, you know, these defensive interior, you know, all this defensive interior pressure that he's been able to put together and string together so far uh, this season. He has been absolutely outstanding. The guy has played on uh, 316 passing snaps he's he's rushing 99.7 of that time so he has been very busy they're not having him do anything cute they're not dropping him into coverage they're not doing any of their little fire blitzes none of that stuff they're using stefan to it for what he does and what he does very well and so far this season he's absolutely lived up to it yeah stefan to is one of my one of my very first draft crushes so i've been on him oh, since yeah. day one you don't have to tell <laughs> me about him all right i want to i want to stay in the uh the afc north and talk about who I think may be the best playing safe, hottest safety in the league right now, mm. Jesse Bates in Cincinnati. He oh, yeah. has been putting up unreal production. Uh, he has been targeted 22 times. Only 12 of them have been caught. That's a really, really good, good sign. And 22 targets isn't too bad for a safety. It's kind of weird to evaluate safeties on like target share because a lot of times they're playing way deep and the play just mm-hmm. doesn't come to that and it's not doesn't really have anything to do with them. Um, but on those plays, he has three picks, 10 pass breakups, and a passer rating when targeted of 41.5. You don't throw it at Jesse Bates. And that is <laughs> such a huge thing, especially for a Cincinnati team that's kind of staring down the barrel of this long-term rebuild. That is a piece you can build around, somebody that can take away a huge part of the field. You can build entire coverage schemes around that. I, I think Bengals fans should be really, really excited about what they have in Jesse Bates and how he's kind of uh, how he's come up in, in the last couple of years. Yeah, he's somebody that has always been really exciting and I think just continues. You know, I look, I look at that defensive backfield for uh for Cincinnati and they've had some of those first rounders not pan out as much as you would expect, right? Not hitting the Pro Bowl, not getting into those, you know, in any of the team nods in the all pro. Jesse Bates, I think, could be somebody that ends up changing that pattern and changing that conversation. And uh, look, uh, it's great to talk about these guys and see how much shine they're going to be able to get moving forward here. But at least we're putting them on the map and doing our due diligence to make that possible. And uh, coming up next year in just a sec, we're also going to make uh, do a little bit of our due diligence as well, bringing in our good friend Kate Majuk from the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, FF Ball Blast on Twitter. She's going to come in. We're going to talk a little Joe Burrow and what it means for the Cincinnati Bengals, speaking of Jesse Bates, mm-hmm. and a little bit more about the news that's going on around a couple of other quarterbacks, including an interesting uh, <laughs> an interesting change in, uh, in, in Taysom Hill's status. So we'll talk about that as well as some waiver wire pickups for you to take a look at all throughout the week here. So uh, we've got that coming up for you next here on Locked on NFL, your team every day. And hey, if you have a wall that you've been trying to break through, be it a mental one or a physical one, you want to break through it like Stefan to it, let BuiltGo be the solution to breaking through that wall. BuiltGo makes you the best you at whatever it is you do. It is the 
It's the best workout gel on the market. It comes in these nice, easy 1.5 ounce packages that you can put in your golf bag, put in your pocket, your briefcase, or whatever to get you through the day. It's kind of like a, a monster energy drink or, or a five-hour energy, but without that sugary crash that you get after. And the reason is because the energy comes from really natural sources, like 10,000% of your daily intake of B6 or B12. It also is loaded with things like beta alanine, B3 honey, little kick caffeine, and collagen protein, which is a fast-absorbing protein that can get into your system fast. It's easy on the stomach and it promotes like joint, soft tissue, hair health, skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. And it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. So if you want to get in on this, try it for yourself. Go to builtgo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. All right, before we get into the next thing, Wednesdays on Locked On NFL, take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchises. Tony Wiggins and James Rapian are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Did your team maybe have a big rookie performance this week? Or maybe your team is terrible and all you can think about is uh, the 2021 draft picks. Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome into the Tuesday Fantasy Forum here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Of course, I'm Luke Braun uh, here with Ross Jackson, as we always are every Tuesday. And here with us today is Kate Majuk of Locked On Dynasty and Ball Blast Fantasy. Thank you for joining us. And I want to start with, I guess, maybe the news of, of Monday, which was the MRI on Joe Burrow's knee. We kind of knew it was going to be bad, but it was actually maybe even worse than the Bengals expected. The MRI showed a torn ACL and MCL and other structural damage to the knee. So that is going to mean that he is out for a while. And uh, the coach Zach Taylor wouldn't confirm the extent of the knee damage, but definitely out for the rest of the season. So Kate, uh, how does this affect our Bengals, our various, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Boyd and all those guys? And is there something to be said for picking up the replacement for Joe Burrow? I, I can't endorse uh, anybody unless you are in dire straits in a, a two quarterback super flex league. Uh, I wouldn't pick up Ryan Finley because you know what? It's like what made Joe Burrow so special, especially for fantasy outside of the talent. Uh, he just threw the ball constantly. He had such a nice, voluptuous uh, passing volume there. I, I can't imagine that anybody they put under center, if it's Ryan Finley, uh, if it's whoever they promote next from the practice squad, is going to be in a better position. Um, you know, the only reason that Joe Burrow was so good is because he's Joe Burrow, and he is—he was a, a very. Um, prepared quarterback coming into the NFL. I don't think that uh, any of these guys are going to be as prepared. I don't think they're going to be able to uh, deliver the ball in the same way. I, I'm not trusting any of these guys. Uh, no Tyler Boyd, no T Higgins, even, even AJ green managed a, a good game. I'm not touching any of these guys. Uh, maybe I will reconsider if we see um, them continue that production with this this new quarterback under center but I think you have to be concerned for you know Joe Mixon just placed on IR um after several several week absence um I'm concerned for the whole offense uh, right. you know like scrap the season let's let's give up for now um do they even bother activating Joe Mixon he's got to be out for at least three weeks um I I have so many questions there Giovanni Bernard is not 
good enough to to carry that offense mm. himself. I want no pieces. What about you guys? I don't know. I, I have the same concerns. I was starting to think a little bit about Giovanni Bernard and potentially Joe Mixon if he comes back, but I feel the same way because a lot of their production also, I mean, Joe, Joe Mixon in particular, you get a lot of additional production from him in the passing game. And so I had my reservations about really any of those skilled position players as well. And of course, an offensive line that can't support a run game in the first place or has trouble supporting a run game in the first place as well. Yeah. And I think even from a dynasty perspective, you have to sort of ask yourself some question marks given the uh, extent of the injury for Joe Burrow. My, my assumption, um, I'm not, I, I'm a nurse. I'm not a, a, you know, a physical therapist or anything like that, but mm-hmm. uh, just given my, my personal experience, I, I can't imagine that this late in the season, we're going to see him ready for week one. So what does that do for these guys mm-hmm. moving forward as well? So, Kate, I might have gotten wrapped up in one of the like waiver wire fads of the week. Did I did I mess up with Jacoby Myers and now Demir Bird came in? Do I should I have uh, buyer's remorse because I did buy Jacoby Myers and then suddenly Demir Bird came in and was like the go to guy? And is this just one of those Patriots things where I fell in love with a Patriots receiver and shouldn't have? You know what? I think uh, I, I think we're probably going to see uh, some inconsistencies across the board for these guys. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I think he's a, a a talented wide receiver. He definitely had that had that rapport, got a nice target share over the last uh, two weeks, and it's just sort of drifted off. Um, but we haven't seen him get a touchdown. I don't know if you saw uh, Cam Newton and Demir Bird officially have a handshake. So this might oh, no. be, uh, yeah, they uh, they <sighs> cupped uh, cusped their hands together uh, and flew away uh, hand oh, in hand. God. You're gonna have to pull up the the shot. <laughs> But they, I'll see if I can find a, it. Link in the show notes for everybody. I I really think you should. Um, so they have a handshake now. So I think you did buy the wrong guy. Um, Demir Bird. He's <laughs> been a super underrated asset. Um, he's virtually unowned in ESPN leagues. I think he's an, an interesting buy. Um, I think the biggest question you have to ask yourself though is how much do you trust the the Patriots offense in general? Do you want to put any cards in the hands of Cam Newton? He's looked. Uh, great. And then he's, he's looked terrible. He's been uh, pretty inconsistent. I think they, you know, over the last few weeks, closed up the playbook a little bit, buttoned things up. Um, but can he stay that consistent once they start to, to open up the passing game? But you know what? I, I would say if I, if I'm looking at the target share, uh, I still think I want Jacoby Myers, even despite the handshake. <laughs> I love that. I, I'm all about Jacoby Myers because you might see him throw a touchdown as well. I, I got a thing for wide receivers that used to be quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, we, we mentioned, we kind of talked about this before we went on to record here, but now we actually have some, some, some news that just dropped that tomorrow, uh, according to Matthew Berry, uh, starting tomorrow on Tuesday, uh, Taysom Hill, Saints quarterback now, will only be usable as a quarterback on ESPN Fantasy Leagues. He will lose oh. his tight end eligibility. <laughs> that uh that noise was uh from the bitter bitter place inside of me that was just absolutely pummeled by (laughs) Taysom hill uh by somebody who did play them and play him in the tight end spot so uh i mean i think that has to be only fair right yeah yeah absolutely especially right now while he's only going to be playing quarterback and you know what it just in general i i have we ever really just thought of him? I like I, I feel like I always just uh, you know look at him as more of a 
a running back, honestly, than a, mm-hmm. a, a tight end, even um, versatile player. I, I don't, I don't know if we're going to see something crashing down. I don't know if it'll last. I'm, I'm ready for Jameis Winston already. So say we all talk about a potential waiver wire ad. Hey, <laughs> Kate, we appreciate it as always. When you take the time to join us here on our fantasy forums on Tuesday, make sure that y'all throw Kate a follow on Twitter at FF ball blast to check out locked on dynasty football, uh, getting you ready every single day, every single weekday for what you need uh, every day with fantasy. Kate, we appreciate you coming through and joining us today. Thanks guys. All right, y'all. It is locked on NFL. Don't forget to check in tomorrow with Tony and James. They give you a look at the future in the NFL and across your favorite NFL franchises, bringing in one of our locked on NFL draft experts to talk a little bit about draft prospects coming in next year's draft, as well as talk about any big rookie performances that we've seen as well. And of course, they'll look ahead to the three Thanksgiving games. Got Thanksgiving coming up. So the big action on Thursday, got that all taken care of for you tomorrow. Tony and James on locked on NFL. As for today, it's been myself, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, my good friend, good buddy, good pal, Luke Braun, locked on Vikings at Luke Braun NFL. This has been your Tuesday episode of Locked on NFL. We'll be back with you next week to have a lot more fun as always here on Locked on NFL. And a big thank you to Kate for joining us for our fantasy forum. We'll holler at you next week, but don't forget tomorrow's episode. Tony and James going to take care of you coming through here on Locked on NFL, your team every day.